Welcome to the New School of Success. I'm Nick Maytash. And I'm Julian Rosen, and we are here to turn the game of success on its head. No more hustle, no more grind. Just the tried and true principles to help you win at life on your own terms. Class is in session. Dirty dogs, nasty, nasty gnats, and, and, and wild wombats. There we go. We, I have Good to, work. if I don't have a, enough alliteration in my day, I literally lose my mind. It's an OCD thing. But welcome to another episode of The New School of Success. It is me. It is my co-host, Nicholas. We got Paco, my dog. He's here. You can't see him, but he's rocking. He's soccer. It is National Puppy Day on this it day of recording. National Puppy Day. Oh, my God. He's got eye boogers like crazy. And again, we are in the midst of coronavirus 91 or whatever we're calling it. You know, what Nick and I really want to provide you with are just tools to not just navigate this time, but to like take this time by the horns, man. Mm. And, and again, by the balls, even. Wrap it by the balls and the horns at the same time. Get it in the old ball horn lock. Uh, you know, I haven't seen that move since WrestleMania 96, but get them by the horns and the balls and, mm. and really make this time not just something to be endured, but like, and you'll, this will become clear towards the end of the episode, but like, really make this a very purposeful, intentional time to grow and expand. And again, if we can start operating on the premise, like, okay, this isn't just a random act of violence on the universe trying to fuck us over. Maybe there's some value here. Maybe there's some awakening and expansion here. Maybe there's a big pattern interrupt that deeply we needed in order to focus on other things. Like when we can start to mine the gold, we can start to take, extract the value from this, what's going on. Um, man, we can all look back and be like, yo, remember how coronavirus was that amazing time for all of us? So we're going to talk about what, um, we're going to talk about how coronavirus is a wake-up call. That's what we're going to talk about. It's a wake-up call, a wake-up call for good things. So Nick, elaborate a little bit on, well, if it's waking us up, what is it waking us up from? Yes, it is. I'm just seeing Paco flail across the screen whilst we record this audio program that you can't see. Anyway, but uh, it is waking us up from or waking up us up to the conditioning that we may have carried into this scenario. Now, what do we mean by conditioning? Conditioning, we're not talking about your suave conditioner you have in the shower, young men and lady, or if you're bald, I apologize, Julian. <laughs> But we are talking about the way that you have been taught, communicated to, and or just shown how to react to things in moments like these. And it's oftentimes it's out of protection, out of love from parents, from environments, whatever. They're trying to keep you safe because they're built off of the same conditioning that you likely have been communicated. But if you find yourself in these moments of you see the news and your immediate reaction becomes fear or you see people at the store hoarding toilet paper and your immediate reaction is, Oh, I need to do that too because we're not safe and I need toilet paper to feel safe. And there was actually someone um, that I was talking to that said, grabbing toilet paper is like our sense of control in this moment, or at least that's everybody's perception of control. Like if I have toilet paper to wipe my bum, I'm doing this thing. Okay. I thought that was an interesting insight that it feels like control amidst something that maybe doesn't have a lot of control going on sidebar. But anyway, the idea of, of this episode is really to, to call us forward and help us understand the way that we've always thought about things that might be considered tragic trauma, things that come on us and kind of fall into our lap that 
everybody around us is like, yo, it's time to freak out. We got we to gotta buy all the toilet paper and make sure we have soup for 95 days. All of these things. These things that are causing this stressful reaction to um, our circumstantial situation. That's not something that many of us are choosing. You're not having a conscious choice where you sit back and say, hmm, I'd like to go do this. Or, hmm, I think I'm going to go and try that on for size amidst this, uh, this crisis. I'm just going to react as I'm seeing others react and or react as I've been taught to. And that conditioning, many ways, especially in these moments of, of kind of um, these tumultuous times, when you aren't conscious of your conditioning, when you don't see it, it, um, it can cause you to do a lot of stuff that probably doesn't feel all that great probably makes you react out of fear, react into panic, react out of worry and anxiety. And there's going to be a lot of people that sell you on, well, if you're not worried, then you're not thinking straight. If you're not panicked or fearful or scared right now, then what up, Logan? Um, then you aren't doing this thing right. It's almost sold to us by the news. Like you should start freaking out now. And if we're not careful with how we're thinking and just choosing to lean on the condition of let's trust what's on the TV or what people are telling us, we can really do ourselves a, um, uh, I was going to say a solid, but that's not what I want to do. Uh, yes, we're doing ourselves a disservice. That's the word. You've got it. Um, if, we're, if we're not consciously with consciousness mm. walking through this scenario. So yeah, yeah conditioning is, is our entrapment of the mind yeah. that we've been delivered. Yeah, it's, your, it's the inherited operating system, your inherited programming that you received against your consent you didn't ask for it but it was given to you uh i mean mostly by people who had really good intentions but yeah it's your operating system right and it's important to understand we act and think from how we feel so even when someone's like i'm thinking logically right now like it's kind of like the computer operates from the software within it right so it's like that's fine but there's a reason why a republican and a democrat can stand in a room and literally look each other in their eye and be like this is why i'm right here's my board of facts and stats and the other person on the exact same topic can be like cool but here's why i'm right here's all my stats and facts right like because they're both being in their own eyes very logical but they are thinking and uh analyzing from how they feel yeah and so it's, and what they believe yeah. yeah yeah and so the feelings that's where the conditioning lies right like not so much in your confabulated thoughts because like we can kind of justify anything from thinking, right? Like mm -hmm. really we're operating and we're being driven by how we feel, how we feel was given to us. Um, a lot of our personality was given to us and then our body normalizes it with hormones and neurochemistry and that reinforces what we call a personality. But like, it's important to understand a lot of how we feel, um, we didn't choose it was given to us. And like, when we screw ourselves over, it's really because we weren't consciously choosing to but we are acting based on how we felt in that moment, the feeling we didn't choose, right? So the people who rush out and buy toilet paper because they feel fear, they feel the obligation. I'm a bad parent if I don't go get the toilet paper. I'm a bad parent if I don't watch CNN. I don't want to feel like a bad parent. Oh my God, oh my God. They learned that feeling from somewhere else. They didn't choose it, mm -hmm. right? That is your conditioning. And that is why it's so important to, you know, rid yourself of your conditioning because you didn't choose it. Like, you didn't choose it. Why, why would you let someone else be the architect of your belief systems, how you feel, uh, your behavioral patterns? Like if you're only here for one life, wouldn't you want to choose those? Mm -hmm. That was not rhetorical. 
answer me. I, I would like to choose how I think. Yeah. And, and what I'm doing. And I will even say this, like, this is going to, in terms of questioning your conditioning and, and opening maybe. yourself up to the idea that maybe, just yeah. maybe, the way that you've been reacting in this situation or in any situation of life isn't the way that you should or the way that is best for you. It's going to cause some internal conflict because you're basically disagreeing with a, a system that you've been yeah. carrying around for decades that your parents gave you or your yeah. environment gave you. People that love that you love and admire yeah. and, and trust, they gave you this set of information and they they told you yeah. to download this, so it's yeah. in you. And us trying to tell you that you should question your conditioning is like saying, "Hey, f off to your parents." But yeah. that's not what we're trying to say here. It's just that they had intent that was that yeah. was good that they wanted to protect you and make sure you were safe, but they being imperfect humans probably got some of that stuff wrong. What up yeah. Paco? Um, so it's, it's just important as you grow into an adulthood and, and find little flaws in that, that you don't see it as, Oh, that's just the thing you actually open up to. Why is that wrong? Why is that not the right thing for me? Or why, why, why do I feel the way that I feel yeah. and it's, um, in this moment when I don't really want to, these yeah. things are, and just looking at it from an objective point of view, not from a yeah, judgmental. Because don't, you know I mean? don't think about it as right or wrong. Don't think about it like, oh man, my parents are wrong, therefore they're mm -hmm. bad. They gave mm -hmm. me bad conditioning. Like it just is. Yeah. It just is, right? Like they were doing the best they could do and it just is. Now think in terms of does this serve me or not? Not is this right or wrong? Does this offend my family right. or not? Is this, yes. you know, is this, um, you know, does this meet the code of the group that I belong to, right? Does this, because a lot of us, you know, we, we act in accordance to the rules of the groups we belong to. So like, I'm a good parent. Does this meet the rules of good parent? Like, well, where'd you learn the rules of good parent? You obviously inherited those somewhere. Like, so it's like, don't we, we don't want to like create like a, a scale of rightness and wrongness. It's just like, Hey, you're here for one life thing. Right. Does this serve you? And does this not? And so I'll give you an example. Like I was in the, besides just like kind of absorbing it, I was at the airport last weekend, but like, I haven't watched the news once during all this, right? Like, and my, and my sisters have. And so whenever we talked, like, I can't believe you're not even staying up to date. You're not staying informed. But for me, like what serves me is like, I know if I watch this stuff and like, again, the news, even though it's giving you information, it's still here to sell advertisers, people's viewers. Right. So like, it's going to be spun in a way that is very addicting and, and, and it, it activates your amygdala and your fear response. So you keep watching it. And I'm like, if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't serve me. Right. And so, you know, I have this really, and I'm, it's weird. I can't fully justify it, but I just have like this unshakable certainty that it's fine and it's all going to be fine. And I credit a lot of that to the fact that like, I'm not watching the news and I'm not doing these things. And so, my sisters are like, you're irresponsible. Uh, you, it's your duty to stay informed. It's your, you know, they're basically saying it's your duty. Like if you're not worrying, you're irresponsible. And again, I'm not right. They're not right. I'm not wrong. They're not wrong. But I'll tell you what serves me is surrounding myself with these, the information of how the universe works, right? Like in the, the, the tapestry of how everything is interwoven and all these, all these reminders that life supports life. Like that's what serves me. Right. And again, I'm only here once too. I get one life go at this. So it's like, why, like, why? Right. Like, and I'm okay. And they're okay. Right. Like, so it's, it's just like, don't look at this. Like one person has to be guilty. One person has to be innocent. One person's right. One person's wrong. But it's just like, you know, ditch that dichotomy, ditch that spectrum. You're here once 
what serves you. And if there is a belief system that you're struggling against, that's also a belief that you have to struggle with it. Like you don't have to defeat it. You can just leave it. You can just let it die. You can just let it leave. Like, and so for me, like I don't even defend myself against my sisters or my dad or like people who are like, you're not watching the news. You're not st-. like, I'm just not. And it, again, not because I'm right. Not because I'm innocent and they're guilty of something. It's just like, it's just is bro. Like right. let's talk about something else or we can end the combo. But like, it's just a thing. Like, let's just operate as, as that. And so, the original point I was making was that you don't have to feel emotionally charged one way or the other. It's just like, wait a minute, this doesn't bring a lot of joy to my life. Maybe I should consider just gently putting it down right here and thanking it for accompanying me to this point in my journey and being like, but from here on out, I'm going to try it without that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So take, taking a brick out of a book bag. Mm, I like that analogy. You don't have to fight with the brick. You just put the brick down. Nope. It's a gentle plop. Yeah. I like the word plop. It's fun. Plop. From the office. From the office. Ah, it all weaves together. <laughs> but yes, the, the idea that like everybody's trying their best. It's just a matter yeah. of when you are trying your best, if you feel a little conflict in your chest of, of a belief that you've been carrying too long or some thought that comes up every time, you know, someone says something about a certain thing. Like if it doesn't feel good to you and you're like, this is really getting in my way that can be a brick that you get to put down. Whether that is your money beliefs, like if somebody says something about your 401k or where you should be putting your money or like any, anything about business, like if that doesn't feel like the correct thought to you, try something else on. And another analogy I'll throw at you, aside from putting a, break, a brick down, if there's a new belief you want to try on, try it on like a sweater. Go in the dressing room, try it on, see how it feels, see how it looks. How's your butt look? <laughs> With a sweater, right. <laughs> Uh, when I try on sweaters, I just wear the sweater. Nothing on. No pants, no underwear. Just the oh, that's, a, that's a very unique way. See, my, condi- my conditioning is saying that's not the right way to try on a sweater. But Try it on, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try on your, your way just for a brief moment. I'm going to put my brick of sweater trying down. But I'll tell you what, though. When you walk out and you ask the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the person how it looks, you'll get yeah. these. <laughs> you'll, you'll get some eyes your way. People... People will be looking in your direction. Well, no, it's funny. Uh, I would love to know it's funny. My friend from Portland is like, yeah, my neighbor every day gardens naked, but he wears socks and Crocs. (laughs) And she's, and he's like, he's, he's not like gross about it. He's not in your face about it. He minds his own business, but like every day he gardens naked in his Crocs and his socks. And like, that's just his deal. It's just this deal. And that's like legal and okay. I, I, I I, I mean, Portland's kind of a wacky place, but like, I guess if you're on your own property and you're not like flaring it out in other people's business, like I think it's okay, I guess. Interesting. Interesting. And I, I think it was off topic, but let's just bring it back real quick. Like that, hearing that out loud, you'd be like, well, that's not right. But again, it's just the way that you have been brought up and like, Oh, you should garden with your clothes on. That's just something that someone taught you yeah. or you watched your parents garden with their clothes on. So you assume that that is the right way to do it. Yeah. Like all of this stuff, it doesn't matter if it's some naked dude gardening in Portland or um, money beliefs or, or, you know, relationship beliefs or how you're supposed to react when there's crisis on hand or how often you should watch the news and stay informed. And I, I say informed with, with quotation marks here because there's a certain level of informing yourself that would probably end up tipping the scale towards pain and suffering and fear, but it doesn't really matter. Whatever gets tossed in your lap that you're like, 
man, that's, that's bizarre. That's different. That's, that's something that I don't agree with. Cool. It's okay to not agree with it, but understand that your disagreement with what is, what is happening isn't, it's most likely the conditioning of something that you've adopted over time. And Julian is like disappearing from the screen right now. He's playing with fake background, so I can't concentrate. But is it the Golden Gate Bridge. The Golden Gate Bridge. Great. But the point being, whatever's thrown in your lap, and right now we're getting a lot of stuff thrown into our lap, whether it is the actual crisis itself, the byproducts of that, which is like small businesses having to shut down if you're a business owner or, um, you know, in terms of trying to get groceries, like that's a tough situation right now. What's the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? And again, there is no right or wrong. It's what's serving you best. What feels right to you that makes you wake up and not feel like you're crippled by whatever's going on around you. That's the path to take. There is no right or wrong. It's choose the path that feels the best to you. Again, I do also considers others uh, in terms of their, their well-being. You can't be selfish in your own. Check this out for all, oh, everybody. So what you were saying is 100% true, right? Oh, it's cool, cool. The, the initial feeling, right? Challenge it, right? Mm-hmm. If you're like, yeah, that feels wrong. Like, did you choose for it to feel wrong or did the feeling just kind of emerge at you, right? Like those, mm-hmm. that's where you got to understand that's your conditioning. Like that person should garden with their clothes on that. That feels gross. Like, did you choose for that to feel gross or did the feeling hit you first? And then the thought process came in to rationalize it. Right. So a lot of us will feel thinking instead of think feeling. Swallowing that real quick. Trying it on. Try that too. Try, try it no, on with okay. it. No, but okay. what I was thinking is, and this is way off topic, but follow me on this folks. Okay. If the groceries are suffering and like, it's weird. I'm thinking you get a big pot, big pot, right? You start putting on a little more than a simmer. You want this thing pretty hot. You take, and this is, this could feed the whole family, the whole block. Uh, you know, this could feed you for a full week. You put, I don't know, maybe 10 uh, 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 cans of SpaghettiOs, right? Yeah. And you turn that sucker up. So it's like, mm-hmm. blah, 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 it's like boiling. And then what big you do. Cauldron of SpaghettiOs, okay. What you do is you take the little pizza bites, you put them in the boiling spaghettios so now you got the noodles the sauce the whatever meat they use for the meatballs That's sure so right on. and then you got these pizza pockets simmering and cooking and exploding in there like just saying that could be your food solution wow i thought you're gonna at least connect it back to the idea of conditioning you just wanted to talk about spaghettios in a big pot <laughs> But just, dude, like, I mean, that's probably like a stoner's wet dream. Is like, with I mean, little it sounds food. delicious. I Should we? I mean, I don't think there's SpaghettiOs left at the store, but oh, really? we could try it. I mean, we have SpaghettiOs upstairs because we, we panic bought after the original wave of panic buyers. Yeah. We were like, oh, we'll be fine. Everything's fine. It's cool. And then my wife went to the store and there was like nothing on the shelf. So she was like, okay, I have to toss everything I can into this cart, which just continues the cycle Mm -hmm. of the human is strange. We are. We are very interesting. We are very interesting. But do you have any other examples of maybe some conditioning situations that people could digest and see and have a relation to? Because maybe it happened to them as well. Something that happened in your life. Yes. So a perfect example of conditioning. And like I said, you'll know you have this little radar system in you when the negative feeling 
emerges within you and you didn't choose it, that is a conditioned response, right? So for me, whenever it came, and this is something I'm, I still am in the process of rewiring my subconscious mind, asking for what I truly want, asking and fully receiving what I truly want, whether it's um, structuring a contract with a business partner or you know, telling a client like really what I want them to do, not just yeah. suggesting, but really voicing what I want. Or even at like a, you know, a restaurant when something comes out wrong, right? Like this internal struggle of saying what I truly want. Um, it's funny. I was like, wait a minute. When did I, when did I ever choose to not to, to have a, a weird emotional struggle anytime it came to saying what I truly wanted, right? But here's the thing. A feeling would emerge from within my body. It would happen in like my gut solar plexus area, this negative tight feeling. And then the feeling would create a thought process. Ooh, maybe I shouldn't ask what I, for I want. Maybe I don't deserve to ask for what I want. Maybe I won't get what I want, right? Like the thoughts are all there just to justify the conditioned feeling response. Mm -hmm. And it just came down to the, like it happened over and over again to the point where I just thought like, that's, that's my personality. I just don't say what I want. I'm just a soft spoken guy. I'm, that's just my personality. Bullshit. It's just conditioning. Right. Sure. And so for me, I had gotten so used to this feeling and the stories, the mental stories that reinforced it, that for a really long time, I just, I just would do my best and just hopefully get good things, but settle for the bad things. Like I just wasn't voicing and asking for what I truly wanted and deserved. And so for a long time, I let that un, I let that unconscious belief system and this feel think pattern really dictate my reality in terms of my financial reality, my business reality. Uh, and just like I said, some of these smaller examples of just like kind of out in everyday life, um, saying what I truly want and don't want, right? Like, no, I don't yeah. want to come hang out with you, friend. Like, I just don't. I want to stay in tonight, right? But like the old me would be like, don't say that. Like, just go do it. Like, right. just go do it. Fuck what you want, right? And, you don't matter. Yeah. And so I was like, wait a minute. Like, I never chose that pattern. And if neuroplasticity is the thing, which it is, meaning all of our brains can change and adapt, like, why would I continue to choose it? It's not me. It's not set in stone. Why would I continue to choose it? And so that was really, for me, a big part of my conditioning is, like, because it happens so often, we just were like, oh, that's me. Right. No, that's your conditioning. You are two totally separate entities. You are the one experiencing the conditioning, but you are not that. And so for me, I was like, oh, it's just a feeling. If I don't engage with the feeling, if I put the brick down, I do have the power to say what I want because I have a voice box that works. Okay, let's practice that. Let's practice that. Let's practice that, right? And, over, like, and, and in time, the feeling fades and the stories associated with the feeling fades. And then right. you start to become the architect of your own personality and you're like, oh, working with me costs this much money. Would you like to work with me? Right. Instead of the old man, like, well, it's kind of like this. Please pay me money. But maybe we can do a payment plan. No, it's this. Do you want to do it? I would like to work with you. Would you like to work with me? Yeah, cool. Let me get your credit card. Great. Bye bye. Change your life. Like, change your life. Yeah. But like, for the longest time, this feeling, this phantom feeling that would emerge out of nowhere created a thought process that hijacked my actions when in reality it was a conditioned emotional response that my body had normalized hormonally that it was up to me to break it by becoming aware of it and acting in spite of it. That's how you do it. That 
It's the rules to the human neurophysiology game. So that's just an example from my personal life, but I think we all have it. We all have that thing that we've just normalized it because it just happens so often that we're like, oh, that's just my personality. I'm just a people pleaser. <laughs> I hate myself inside. <laughs> like, Can't change. Like, no, no, you didn't choose that. It was, you inherited it. You didn't ask for it, but you can change it. So conditioning. It's the biggest delusion that you're continuing to believe. And on an unrelated note, you put 10 scoops of SpaghettiO into a big pot with some little pizza bagels and they cook. And that's what I'm doing today. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was something that I wanted to ask you before you got to the SpaghettiO thing. And I think it's important to note. I think I know the answer, but I'll ask the question anyway. So you saw this piece of conditioning that you had, which was, I don't ask for what I want. I, you know, kind of beat around the bush. I stutter when I tell people my prices, all of that stuff. Like you saw that. that <laughs> now, did you have to go back to the source of that conditioning and unwork that? Or was it just yeah. like, okay, I see it. Yeah. Now I'm going to do something different and, and yeah. then practice yeah. that. So I, I could have like, you could have gone to my coach and been like, yo, regress me using hypnotherapy to the exact moment where I learned that I shouldn't do this. Um, but that's not necessary. It can help, but it's not necessary, right? Like if regardless of if you can see the exact scene or not, you know, it came from you with your limited view of the world at whatever age you were doing it, you doing the best you can in response to somebody else doing the best they can. Right. Right. And what in the dots you connected were an illusion. They were not universal. They were not law. They were not fact. They were a perception. A perception is an opinion. An opinion is one of 70,000 thoughts you have every day. So it's like one fleeting neural activation stuck. Right. That's all it was, right? Just spin it on repeat. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like oh, that thought is no more credible than like, I should have SpaghettiOs and pizza pockets later, right? Like it's just one of 70,000 neural activations you have in a day, but that one stuck. So sometimes actually treating it like this big, robust boss in a video game that you, you got to find him and seek him out and conquer him. Like some of that is just actually validating what shouldn't be validated anyway. Cause really, if you break it down to its objective bare bones, it was little you doing your best version of reacting to life in yeah. response to someone else doing their best version of reacting to life. So it's like, yeah. that's all it was. Right. And so Beautiful. that was yeah. the answer I expected that you don't have to go back and wrestle it to the ground and say like, no, this wasn't the truth. Like you don't have to go and fight your eight year old self for accepting this thing. Or your parents taught you or your environment <laughs> taught you. Or whatever. Right. You don't have to go bash him in the face. It's just a matter of recognizing that. Yes, it's a thought that you thought for a long time. It's got a lot of momentum you can think a different thought and give that some momentum, give that some practice. Like you were saying in terms of asking for what you want, um, you know, just allowing your voice to say what you actually wanted and just let that go for a while, let that run and repeat. And eventually that process gets to be cemented as the old one did. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, I would say, so just to, to share a, a piece of conditioning that I had that I've recently seen in myself and working through the process of, trying a different thought was noise a noise the awareness is the bridge it's the bridge it takes you from where you are to where you want to be <laughs> anyway so recently before all this stuff uh broke out my wife and i were in florida and we were in florida we went to disney world we were visiting my in-laws who uh 
rent a house down there for a couple months. And it was beautiful. It was February. It was 80 degrees and sunny. And my wife like, and I, we started talking about, oh, well, how amazing would it be to live down here? Like you're just in the middle of winter. It's a beautiful day outside. We can take a walk. We're not pinned inside of our house. Like ironically we are now. Um, hello. But the, the point being like there was this conditioning that flooded up within me when we started having these conversations, which was, no, you don't, you don't move away from family. You don't move away from upstate New York. You don't move away. Like, and I, and I started to think about this and, and look at how that, that conditioning was flooding through me. It's like, none of my family has ever moved away and none of her family has ever moved away in a real way, like at a substantial, like let's move thousands and thousands of miles away. And the conditioning there is that my experience was family stays close. We don't move away. Now I've already kind of moved away from my family, but I'm an hour and a half drive away. They can come here whenever they want and all of that. But the, the conditioning that I was experiencing as a kid and then trusted for a very long time was wherever you grew up, that's where you stay. You don't go other places. You stay in your home base. And I remember when you started doing your traveling around the world situation, you're all over the country. I was like, man, Julian's just hopping from town to town every three months. Like, and the conditioning within me was like, man, it's gotta be real stressful trying to bump around in different towns. And, and then there was this part of me, a higher part of me. I was like, yeah, but he's experiencing the world. That's really, really cool. And that was kind of the, the same part of me that was showing up in these conversations with my wife over in Florida was, yeah, but it would kind of be cool to choose where we want to live and not feel like we have to stay where we've grown up or where you've grown up because we're in, in her town now. Um, and yeah, it's, it's the conditioning is always going to show up and be seen. It's a matter yeah. of if you want to see it or not. And there was that part of me that I was like, I, I see and recognize that it's not an absolute truth that you have to stay home or be around the places that you grew up. You can move wherever you want. There are going to be some, some consequences to the different actions or the, to, to go against your conditioning. Like, yeah, my family would probably miss me. We wouldn't be as close to family as we were locationally. Um, there's certain things that wouldn't be the same, of course, but it doesn't rule out that this other idea that isn't of my conditioning, this idea that maybe we could move away. Maybe I could, you know, stop teaching and coach full time and, and do all of that. And we could just jet down to Florida and live there. That's a possibility. It's not something that can. You mean uh, John Brown can all be neighbors. Yeah. It'll be blasty blessed. But uh, yeah, it was just something that I saw recently that I, I found to be very interesting in terms of this conversation of conditioning that, oh, that this was just like little me speaking up like, hey man, uh, hey, you don't move away. But then there's this part of me too, like, hey man, um, I already have, like I, I've already literally moved away from my family and had that almost like that bandaid ripped off. It's just a matter of this is just further. So it's just kind of taking the same scenario and expanding upon it. But no matter what your conditioning is, friend who's listening to this, Linda, Larry, Genevieve, you got anybody? Glenn. Glenn. I feel like we shout out Glenn. And that's a weird, no, Greg is the person we shout out more often. Um, so I talked about moving away from home. Julian's talked about not really asking for what he wants. There's some conditioning. And I think that a lot of conditioning is coming to the, the table within the circumstances we're all experiencing wherever you are at and however you're reacting to the situation, just know that it's probably not something that you chose and yeah. it's not something that, um, uh, that you're like, this is exactly how I want to feel in this moment. You're not choosing that, yeah. but you are able to see it, have awareness around it, have consciousness and, and see it in a way that you're like, okay, I want to feel something differently. I want to try my best in a different direction and let that cement into my pattern rather than just saying, Oh, the world's on fire. 
I'm going to go ahead and curl up in the fetal position and, and just hug all the toilet paper that I bought at the toilet or at the, at the toilet store. What am I brick table? <laughs> just all toilets and toilet paper emporium. Yes. The emporium. But, but friends, your conditioning and not to say that your conditioning is an enemy or anybody delivered it to you out of malice, but it does not have to be the choices that you make forevermore. You get to see it. You get to love on it and say, Hey, thanks for hanging out with me for the last 20 years. Like Julian was saying, put that brick down, man. It's in your book bag. Put that brick down. You get to go ahead and walk out, walk out freely um, as a human being that doesn't have to carry that with you. So I've talked for a while and Julian's talked for a while about conditioning. Anything else to add to the conversation? Any tangible takeaway tidbit taco? Yeah. 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 So, you know, this is where I would be doing a huge disservice if I gave you one thing to do because conditioning runs so deep and it is so intertwined in your nervous system and your subconscious. I need the to-do list. I need the PDF file of the exact, exact formula. You would let me get to my goddamn point, Nick. I was going to say That's your when, it comes to, when it comes to rewiring conditioning, coaching. Someone outside of your conditioning is the thing that helps you overcome your conditioning because your conditioning wants to keep you safe. So actually we operate from our conditioning. So do you see how it's, it's really hard to operate from the thing that's holding us back to alleviate us from the thing holding us back? Really hard to do. Um, unless you hit this really powerful rock bottom moment, like it's really hard to do on your own. So mm-hmm. don't wait for a rock bottom moment. Reach out to Nick, reach out to me, join any, like join a program where you are getting structure, expertise and accountability from outside of your conditioning or else the conditioning wins. So it's like, this is the straight up shameless call to action coach, get a coach, ditch this shit once and forever because it won't go quietly into the night. Like your conditioning will fight until the very end. And that's why having someone outside of you say, I know you're not this, therefore I'm going to hold you accountable to something that isn't this boom, nervous system override. So coach, get a coach, get a coach, get a coach, get a coach. coach. Yeah. You've had coaches before, Julian? Once, twice, maybe a a baker's dozen of the times, but a baker's dozen. Same last five years I've had a coach, always have a coach, never not getting coached because I don't want my conditioning to make my life poopy. Yes. Ah, the poop flinger. Poop flinging, flinging poop. Yeah. But no, I would agree with your tangible taco takeaway tidbit because um it's it I is the hire a coach, I hear you. See what happens. It is the the funniest thing both from the coaching side of the table and being on the coach, like being the person that's being coached when someone has some conditioning rise up within them. And then the, the coach on the opposite side of the table is like, yeah, that's not true. Let's start talking about something else. Yeah. Like it can, it can shift in just a moment and it's not addressed as lightly as that we can talk about some of the deeper truths of it. But the really reality of it is like, if somebody can see that blind spot that you have that you think this is truth. This is the thing I've been riding with for 30 years. And like, I'm just going to keep doing this for a while. If a coach can just say from a place of, of love and acceptance and acknowledgement, like, yeah, that's not true. Let's try something else. You can on a dime switch off this thing that you've been carrying for a long time and just find something a little bit more empowering. So yeah, get yourself a coach, pivot on the dime, find people that can connect with you in a way that feels right to you. And does it have to be me and Julian? No. Can it be? Sure. You know where to find us. Speaking of where to find us, where, they, where can they find you on the, the Instagrams? Julian underscore fearless life. Sweet. I'm Nick underscore moving past mediocre. Sweet. 
And with that, friends, we really appreciate you. Keep fighting the good fight with the coronavirus. And don't let your conditioning keep you down during this time. Find something um, that, uh, you know, you can... What what am I trying to say here, Julian? Do something within this coronavirus crisis that... That expands you, that calls you to your real self, that differentiates you from your ego, that voice in your head that we know you're not. Like, this could be the time you set yourself free, me amigos, y amigas. Mm. He, he had exactly what I was thinking on the tip of his tongue. He was ready to rock. All right, here comes the bell. Uh-huh. Oh. Nice, nice little answer and call. We'll put that. We'll cut that into the, the podcast somehow.